It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning. It's Saturday Morning Live, where we're live. We're about liberty and focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman, your host today. This is the fifth Saturday of the month, so here I am. Take it or leave it. Um, For those of you who... I'm going to be playing a very important, um, at the bottom of the hour, after the bottom of the hour break, um, just the audio of the Bellingham City Council's last Monday's evening meeting. And it, it was a during the public comment period. And there is a very important three-minute clip that um, I really hope that you'll stay tuned and listen to. Um, really gut-wrenching, really, really affected me. And... Um, I want to share it, and we'll talk about it after the bottom of the hour. But I'm going to be interviewing two candidates today. The first one is Joe Allen Esty, and um, or Kesty, excuse me. And we're going to get to her. But first, I have a little something to say, and I hope you'll listen. Seniors and families—they're being priced out of living here. And what are we going to do about it? Electing the same people who consistently vote for things that make it more difficult, more expensive, more restrictive, and less safe to live in our communities is a recipe for more of the same. Regulations that impede your ability to build safely and affordably are contributing to the rising cost of living. Government interfering, intervening in every aspect of your life It's not making your ability to live independently easier. Yes, we all need food, shelter, health services, transportation, infrastructure, education, fire, and law enforcement safety as a priority to live here. We also need jobs and our ability to operate a business without the government taxing and regulating regulating you into bankruptcy. The homes we live in, the businesses we work at, The vehicles we drive, the food we eat, everything we produce comes from the ground, and we need to be able to access those resources in order to live independently and not as a ward of the state. We are fed up with watching senior citizens having to panhandle for extra money to pay for rent and food. We are fed up with tolerating illegal and dangerous drugs in our communities, We are fed up with the drugged-out, mentally insane, criminal element operating in the dark and in the open on our streets. We are fed up with losing good businesses to too much crime and not enough law enforcement to operate safely in our communities. We are tired of wasting precious dollars paid out in taxes to subsidize all of this. So let's stop talking about it and work together and fix it. With that, we're going to take a small break. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Joellen Kesty. She's running for mayor of the city of Cedar Woolley, and I'm sure she's got lots of things to add to this as well. Saturday Morning Live, we'll be right back. Okay, next up for the auction, we have an amazing deal, this beautiful new American Standard Furnace and Heat Pump. It is consumer best rate. It has a 10-year parts warranty, and it'll be installed by the pros at Linden Sheet Metal. Let's start the auction. First, for the savings, we have incredible tax credits. Do I hear $1,000? Sold! You now have $2,000 off a furnace and heat pump. For utilities rebates, there's a mixed bag. Depending on what you get, there are savings of up to $2,400. We also have manufacturing and dealer rebates up to $1,500. And for our final item, we have financing. Zero down and zero interest if paid according to a contract. Do I hear six months now looking for 12 months? Do I have 18 months? 18 months to have. We have a winner. Congratulations. You don't have to be at the auction to make these great deals. It's open to everyone that calls. This deal includes tax credits, rebates, and easy financing. But don't wait. These savings won't be around forever. You too can be a winner. Call us today. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. The itsy-bitsy spider crawled up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed that... That's a 
there isn't Itsy Bitsy, Dad. Oh, don't worry, kiddo. It's just a story. No, Dad, that's right on the windowsill. The Itsy Bitsy Spider is cute when it's only a nursery rhyme. But if your home has big, hairy, nasty spiders, don't panic. Call BioBug today. BioBug, service you trust, experience you expect. In Whatcom, Skagit, and Island Counties and online at BioBug.com. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back. It's Saturday Morning Live. We're live. We're about liberty. We're focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman. I am the host today. And in studio with me on the first half of the show is Joellen Kesty. Did I say it correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, Joellen has been living in the great city of Cedar Woolley for... All my life. All your life as well. You kind of have a decades. What what generation are you? Well, fifth. Um, Fifth? My uh, great-great-grandfather, 1898. There you go. Um, I'm only third generation Whatcom County, so you got me beat by miles. Uh, So Joellen is running for the... the, um, city of Cedar Woolley, the mayor. Um, she's currently on the city council and you're mayor pro tem, which is what I assume means that if the mayor is out of town, you are standing in for the mayor. Yep. Okay. Um, so Joellen, I want to start out uh, with one of the, it's recent in the news mm-hmm. that they're talking about reintroducing the grizzly bear into Whatcom County. Uh, well, Skagit County happens to be very close to Whatcom County, Uh, and it's a very controversial issue. From what I've heard, uh, Commissioner Janicki said to her community that in Burlington, hey, yeah, yeah, we're not even going to oppose it. Um, Why, and and what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I know that there's a big elk problem already. Uh, We've got cougars, we've got elk, we've got, you know, farmers that are like, they don't get any compensation for all this damage, and this is we're, we're always promoting this area for agriculture. We're promoting this area for recreation, and it just seems like okay, we're doing this why because the grizzly bear is not native to this area, but they're wanting to reintroduce it for some bizarre reason. What are your thoughts? Have you had anybody ask you about that? I have. Uh, my thoughts on that. I I don't really it kind of goes to the whole concept of I don't know where common sense has gone Mm -hmm. and uh, with the grizzly bears um, the problems with the elk I feel that um, it wouldn't be something that I would be for okay all right and and just to let people know um, I did post on my the Liberty Road Facebook page so if you go to facebook.com forward slash sml Liberty Road you will see I've got a QR code that, well, actually, no, that's that's the wrong one. There is a, if you scroll down, there is a link to making a comment about this. If you're for it, great. If you're against it, let the people know how you feel about it because um, we are the government and we get what we want. Sometimes what we don't want is if we stay silent. So, uh, Joellen, mm-hmm. Cedar Willie is uh, a Cedar Woolley, Burlington, that entire area is exploding, right, in population. Um, with that comes lots of other things, uh, issues. So what are the issues that you guys are experiencing right now in Cedar Woolley? Well, I would say that the big boom. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of development in Cedar Woolley right now, and people are very upset um, getting from downtown to the end of Cook Road, mm-hmm. um, even by over where I live. You can't takes five minutes to take a right. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are, are, are experiencing that and very concerned with the booming growth. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, some people who live in larger areas would say, five minutes, what are you complaining about, right? Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I was told that when I was talking um, to our one of our old employees mm-hmm. about, it, I have to wait five minutes. He's like, five minutes isn't bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But it's good that you're aware of it and that it's a growing issue. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about... Um, development. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did read your, your website and, you know, you, you definitely did focus in on trying to make sure that with all of this development that they are looking forward uh, in dealing with the, the basically what comes with that. And so what are some of those issues that you're concerned about? All of that growth and in, in whether or not our infrastructure can support it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're talking about the schools, you're talking about the fire and police, um, and whether or not the roads, mm-hmm. parks, it, it affects everything. Now, so this is, when you talk about development, are we talking about like multifamily type development? Or are we talking about um, uh, kind of those mixed use, you know, commercial um, multifamily type developments? Are we talking about businesses? I mean, because obviously in order to pay for all of these things, we requires a tax base to afford it. Mm-hmm. All the things you mentioned come from the tax base, um, your property taxes specifically. So is this something that is, that, that is it, it is, are you collecting enough in order to be able to accommodate for that growth? I wouldn't say that the impact that it's, it's having on our community is going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, budget-wise, as the count, you know, the county council, you, or city council, excuse me, you, you know, you, you're looking at your budget. What's it looking like? Well, from what we're told, mm-hmm. um, 2024 is going to be really, really hard for us, mm-hmm. and um, specifically because specifically uh, because of the inflation mm-hmm. um, and being able to. Um, As a council, mm-hmm. we need to be given all of the information to be able to make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not and afforded that, that luxury. Is coming from the uh, administration, correct, which would be the mayor and all of the administrative staffing underneath. Correct, correct. So when you are being handed down information that is cherry picked to support an agenda, mm-hmm. you can't make a great decision. And we're often asking questions, and they're left unanswered. So They say they'll get back to you? They say stay in your lane. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but that is your lane. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's approving whether or not the budget is there. They're yeah. just trying, supposed to, yeah. Um, so... So what would so would you say that as far as a priority, if you're if you were elected to be the mayor of mm-hmm. Cedar Willie, um, what would that be your priorities then? As far as fiscally, yes, F- well, fiscally, and as far as just the the overall safety, you know, you are you experiencing staffing shortages there? Are you experiencing, as I know we are here, uh, you know, law enforcement shortages? All of those things. What are what are your priorities as the mayor that will address what you have been hearing are the concerns for your constituents? Well, I think it all starts from the top. And I, I feel like um, with the high turnover that we've seen in City Hall, mm-hmm. um, that that starts with the leadership. And are your employees happy there? Are you listening to them? Is your council happy? Are you listening to them? Because if you're ignoring them, you're ignoring the constituents. And so really listening so is that something that your that your current mayor is 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 this a specifically you do you believe it's a mayor and her uh, immediate staff i mean she just not have the time to or putting in the time to, that it actually takes to do to i be would an say administrator? when you minimize the role of your council and that of your staff and you try to run it more like a dictatorship mm-hmm that doesn't lead us anywhere forward. So basically, it's just here. This is what I'm put forward to you, and um, exactly, it's exactly as far as uh, 
Yeah. I mean, in, in order to make a good decision, you obviously need all of the information. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so as far as solutions, what, what, what are your solutions for some of these things? Right. Well, I'm very lucky right now um, and honored that I have the majority of council's endorsement because they know that they can work with me. Uh, each one of us brings something different to the table. So do your directors mm -hmm. and your staff. Mm -hmm. And you can't do it all on your own. You have to be willing to listen and to take in account. You may not have thought of something. They could be bringing something that could be absolutely amazing. Um, so I bring a leadership and I bring also common sense. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the money for certain items to pay certain things, then we should not be having motivational speakers come in to teach us how to love a city we already love because you've got everybody there willing to talk about it, willing to step and do something. Uh, on your, on your um, website, mm -hmm. um, you talk a bit about the impact and impact fees and, you know, all of basically making sure that development isn't just running rampant in the community. Now, I will just say from a perspective, the you know, regulations, fees, etc., laws, they're all create friction, okay? Mm -hmm. Friction slows things down. And is that what you're 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 not just wanting to bring extra the, the the resources necessary meaning money in order to fund um, what you know for public safety and schools and roads and sewers all that um, are you just wanting do you want to slow it down is it is it just happening too fast for people or what you know it's it's really interesting um, because you need growth for certain things so mm -hmm. it's like a double-edged sword right um but at the same time, when you are trying to, say, annex in more development into an area mm -hmm. um, and, you're, and you're trying to add in high density instead of an R5, you want an R15, when you do those things, you're making a bigger impact than what could have been there. Mm -hmm. And what kind of um, footprint are you leaving for us mm -hmm. if you're adding an apartment building people who are going to be coming and going and just want to use us because they they work in bellingham or they work in seattle mm -hmm. um or is it a family structure where they are going to be actually engaged in the community mm -hmm. and be eating breakfast mm -hmm. down at the local bakery yeah, small what, families yeah what kind of as opposed to transitory you know, people who come and go in right. the area. I mean, that, that's one of the things when you've got such a big push for for essentially, let's, I'm just going to say it, you know, you will own nothing and you'll be happy type, you know, situation where people don't really, they're not really, um, because they don't have uh, roots, meaning that they own property mm -hmm. um, or that they work within that community and, and, and actually participate in the community, whether it be bowling, racquetball, softball, kiwanas, whatever is going on uh, socially within the community, if they don't have any real stakes that make them a stakeholder other than they, they rent a, a, you know, a cubicle and they come and go, they move in, they move out, that does make for a very different dynamic for a community. So mm. is, is, and I see that here. A lot. That's the big driver is let's have these multi-use developments, you know, where we've got a little bit of commercial on the bottom. You got a lot of apartments on the top and you've got these um, uh, commercial uh, developments maybe around the area. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lot of community acti uh, activity, things that kind of connect people together. It can happen if it's done correctly, if it's done in a in a uh, thoughtful way. Absolutely. So you've got you know your your parks and your other uh, social type of things that are nearby, but at the same time, is this a, is this a the people who've been there forever? 
not really liking to see the changes that are happening. And I'm, I'm not meaning this in a negative way because they obviously, they've got roots there. This, they're, they're concerned. They're concerned with what their city is turning into and mm-hmm. that they don't want to become the next Seattle or Everett. Or Bellingham. I'm sorry, but yes, Bellingham. <laughs> you know, they, um, they're they good, hardworking hometown people, and they have a love for our community. And the people coming in, we want to have that same love and energy. So it's being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, talking to the developers. What, kind, what are you seeing that you want to bring here, and what will it add to our community? One uh, other last question because we're kind of running out of mm-hmm. time. I wanted to get this. That low barrier uh, development, what's going on there? What is it? Um, well, low barrier as far as, like, the North Star projects mm-hmm. and yes. the first step, like, in um, Burlington. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I did hear that we were going to be having a day center in Cedar Woolley within the next year or so, which I thought was interesting because on a, as Mayor Pro Tem and a council member, I have not heard anything about that. But this is how the current government is working. Mm-hmm. You know, you only get those things when you need to know them. But a low barrier, is that meaning it's a it's a, a like a apartment building? Or uh, what low, is it? Low barrier uh, means that you can, for these different places you can be drunk and high in them uh you some of the facilities uh, allow you to do that off the premises not on the premises so there is no um why would someone want to get clean or sober Mm -hmm. if they get the free amenities and um and we can come in we can sleep exactly we can yeah get a meal the taxpayers have to be drug tested to pay for this for you but you do not in order to be a part of this let's wrap it up because we're Mm -hmm. coming to the end here what's a one last thing you'd like to say to the listening audience oh really vote get up and vote do it because this this will define our path forward all right. Well, I appreciate it very much. Appreciate you coming in. That was Joe Ellen Kesty. She's running for the uh, mayor for the city of Cedar Woolley. And I commend anybody who runs for public office because there is nothing easy about it. Thank you very much. And thank, thank you. you for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. This is Saturday Morning Live. We'll be right back. Heart failure, carpal tunnel syndrome, shortness of breath, stomach issues, lower back pain. How does it all add up? If you have heart failure and any of those seemingly unrelated symptoms sound familiar, it's time to talk with your cardiologist and get the full picture. They may add up to transthyretin amyloid cardiomyopathy. ATTRCM is a rare and underdiagnosed disease. Recognize the signs and discuss them with your doctor soon. Learn more at connectwithyourheart.com. That's connectwithyourheart.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, because you love our phone plans. Like ardently love our phone plans. Phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. How do we earn our reputation for repairs you can trust? Great mechanics? Yeah. Quality parts? Absolutely. But the real secret is knowing the most important part of every vehicle is the driver. And here's your keys. She's already Right on time. Thanks. With over 30 years of service, you can trust Bellingham Automotive to help you with any regular maintenance needs or unexpected repairs. Schedule your appointment at 360-676-5200 or visit BellinghamAutomotive.com. For quality done right, call Han Coop Gravel. They use state-of-the-art technology to get your job done in a timely, accurate, and economical way. For projects as small as refreshing the driveway and as large as a multi-million dollar builder-ready plat development. Their services include multi-unit site preparation, fire line installation, drainage systems, house foundations, and more. They'll do custom projects too, turning your dream idea into a reality. If you need site work, you need the team at Han Coop Gravel in Linden or at honcoop.com. Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Dewey Griffin Subaru, Ferndale Downtown Association, Lydia Place, 
UA Local 26 and Lorraine's Window Coverings. Community Connection, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Harness the power of the sun, reduce your carbon footprint, and save on your energy bills. You can now go solar with West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. A possible government shutdown if Congress fails to reach a budget deal by midnight Eastern time. That means limited or no government services, like getting a marriage license. We do not want to take any chances, uh, so we prioritize getting getting here today uh, and making sure we can take care of this so there were no risks. Striking auto workers say it's about fairness. We're working, we're building, our hands hurt, our back hurt, but we're building these trucks, so why can't we get paid for it? Why can't we get a raise? Nope, the executive's getting raises. Nearly three decades after his death, an arrest in the murder of music icon Tupac Shakur. The suspect is Dwayne Keith Davis. Davis has denied firing the weapon, though prosecutors say he did call the shots, which is enough to warrant a murder charge in the state of Nevada. He will appear in court next week for arraignment. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Welcome back. It's Saturday morning live. We're live. We're about liberty focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman. I am the host today. I am we will be talking to Deputy Deputy Sheriff? Under Sheriff. Deputy Under Sheriff Doug Chadwick briefly, but first before we get started with that. There was a, a meeting at the Bellingham City Council, and a, a lady by the name of Shelley Tench, she did a comment during the Monday evening um, City Council meeting, and I want to play that for you, and then when we, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll be discussing that briefly, uh, as well as talking to Doug Chadwick, Deputy Undersheriff of Whatcom County. Uh, he's a candidate for Whatcom County Sheriff. So if you could please play that. Thank you. Um, you guys probably was playing. My name is Shelly Tench, and um, you guys probably know who I am because I email you frequently uh, along with the mayor. I live in Tollwood Apartments, and I email you, and I have invited every one of you to have a meeting with me or come out and see the hell that we live in, and nobody has taken us out on that. I don't even get responses from most of y'all. So I want to come tell you in person what it's like for me. I live in a building that's between Walmart and our apartments. I live in the building closest to Walmart. I pay $1,800 a month to live in hell. We are surrounded on all four sides by violent criminals or drug addicts. Mm. Here's what we deal with on a daily basis. The fighting and yelling at all hours of the night, it starts between 1 and 3 a.m. Nobody in that building sleeps more than four hours in a 24-hour period because of the noise, and because of the fighting. They have, we get flashlights and spotlights that are now being shined in our windows so that they can target us. Gunfire goes off all night long, all day long, starting to shoot their uh, propane tanks. We have explosions happening all the time. We're never able to open our windows because of the smog. We've had the fire department that came out and said that, that they've literally been told not to go into the woods. And I'm the one that they told. I had somebody, one of the, the people in the encampment said, our intention is to set fire to the woods and run you people out of those buildings so we can have those for our encampment. Last Saturday, they tried that twice. They tried to set the strip of woods between my building and Walmart on fire twice in one day. We can't walk from our building to Walmart without being assaulted. Everything gets stolen if it's not, if it's on a balcony or if it's in our lobby, we're constantly running people out. And when we go home, we sit in our cars for hours to make sure that nobody breaks into our vehicles. I've been there for three years. I'm done. 
here's some of the things that we've experienced. I had a man that stood between me and that gate with a hatchet trying to hit my car and break my car window out. I, I didn't know this man. Called 911, and I love Bellingham PD, and I have no fault with Bellingham PD. I think their hands are tied by leadership. But nobody showed up. Somebody in that building had to come out and run this man off. <clears throat> Last week of July, a woman got raped in the woods in front of all the tenants. We called 911. Nobody showed up. Nobody came to help her. We had a gun pulled out. There was a man in the woods who pulled out a gun and pointed it right towards our kids. Nothing happened. We have cars that block our streets. It's just unbelievable. And I am done. We are all done. So what I want to know is what is your timeline for removing it? And what do you want the tenants to do? Because we live in hell and we all believe that this city does not care. Thank you, Shelley. Three minutes is up. This is Saturday Morning Live and we'll be right back. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 Index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Hello, folks. Are you ready to get your estate planning affairs in order, but you don't know where to start? Would you like to hear about the difference between wills and trusts? Do you want to learn how to avoid probate? Do you have questions about Social Security and Medicare? Is it important to you to make life as easy as possible on your spouse and loved ones if something should happen to you? This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham. Join me right here on KGMI every Saturday at 1 p.m. for the Aging Hour. And let me show you how to set your family up for success in your retirement. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Saturday morning live. We're live. We're about liberty. We're focused on you. My name is Chris Halterman. I am your host today. And in studio with me right now is Under Sheriff Doug Chadwick. Got it right that time. And he is asking for your vote as the Whatcom County Sheriff and replacing Bill Elfo as if you don't know it already has retired or not has will be retired at the end of his term. And so we get to elect a brand new sheriff that had, we haven't had a new sheriff, a new new person. 20 years. 20 years, yeah. And I must admit, um, Bill came in to, he came into a situation where there were a lot of promises made. And a lot of those promises were not honored. They did not, in my personal opinion, nobody else's, I do not believe that the political leadership in our county and our uh, the, the county seat, which is Bellingham, worked honestly with him in order to address the issues that, that you need if you're going to be effective at law enforcement to, in order to, to hold people accountable, to be compassionate where necessary, and to lawfully keep the staff, the community, and even those people being arrested safe. So it's really an important position. It's not something that you just hand off to someone who doesn't understand or has never had to actually day-to-day, you know, live and operate under that that county jail, the, excuse me, when Bill came here, it was insufficient. It was, it was insufficient the day it opened. It was, bo- it was built uh, 
poorly. It was designed poorly. And the, the fact that it wasn't built very, you know, very well cost lots of money. But they did a poor job of actually, I don't know where they cut the corners at, but I know that things started falling apart almost immediately. So, um, under Sheriff, can I call you just Doug? You can call me Doug. Okay. So, um, talk a bit about the importance of the, the, the county council, the Bellingham City Council, all the city councils, the county executive, uh, and the mayors working with law enforcement. Can you speak to that? Sure. Well, I think it all starts with, you know, as law enforcement, we can't do our job without the trust of the public. And the public elects all these officials to represent them. So it's important that we work with all the elected officials, not just Whatcom County, but all the jurisdictions, whether it's Bellingham, Blaine, Sumas, Linden. Um, it's important that because public safety affects all of us in Whatcom County, regardless of your political views or your perspective, public safety impacts everyone. And everyone listening to this can probably think of a situation where uh, they've been impacted by crime or maybe just uh, somebody in their family that's in some kind of crisis where law enforcement has been called. So, um, and, and I think that's where I have an advantage over my opponent is I have 29 years of service with the Whatcom County Sheriff's Office. I've developed those relationships with all those jurisdictions. Um, one is a public safety official, but two, I'm a lifelong resident here. So I've worked in every corner of Whatcom County. I know Whatcom County. I know the different communities and what makes them unique. And everybody has a little different need depending on where they are in the county. So it's, it's very important. To be sheriff, you need to understand the community you serve, and you need to understand some of the history. And, and growing up here, I've seen what Whatcom County was, and I've been to a lot of places in this country, and I haven't found a place I like better than this, so that's why I stay. <laughs> and I think a lot of people that come here feel the same way. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come here to attend Western like I did. Mm -hmm. um, I was local, but a lot of my oh, friends— you were one of those. <laughs> uh, I, I am. I, I have a biology degree from Western. There you go. Um, so what do you— What's your comment about, or somebody would say, well, sometimes we need fresh new blood, fresh new ideas, and, and maybe maybe Doug's just from the good old boys club, you know, and, and maybe that's why we need something different. You know, address uh, maybe people's thoughts who may be having thoughts like that. Sure. Change is inevitable. Um, we have to change. Again, I'm a biology major. You have to evolve. You have to change. You have to adapt or you don't survive. Um, and, and law enforcement is the same way. Community expectations change, and as a law enforcement professional, we have to change with them, and we've done that. You look at um, you know, case law and things. Um, our job is constantly evolving, constantly changing, one, to meet the legal requirements, but also to meet the expectations of, of our community. And we've seen a big shift over the last probably five years where there's a, a big focus on mental health and substance use disorders, mm -hmm. which I would say 80 to 90 percent of the calls uh, we respond to, whether a criminal activity or uh, more of a welfare check or a, a trouble with a guest, there's some component of mental health or addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and again, a lot of times it's a co-occurring co disorder. They're, they're suffering from both. And when families don't have anywhere else to turn, they call 911 and we show up. We're not um, the solution, but we're, we're at least the solution for the day to try and keep people safe. And that's really, uh, at the end of the day, what our job is. So over my 29 years, um, I've seen a lot of change in the profession. But again, the, the job of law enforcement at the end of the day is to keep people safe, hold people accountable, and maintain the peace. So that job doesn't change. It just, we have to change how we do that and how we approach that based on where we're at and, and where the community is at and what they need and how they feel about that. I know that um, in Whatcom County, we were probably one of the first areas that implemented having, you know, like two people, you know, one that is, is more um, geared towards dealing with mental health issues. Mm -hmm helping to de-escalate that situation, um, and then having the law enforcement officer there for public safety as well as the safety of the mental health worker. Um, is that a program that you support? 
Absolutely. Actually, the, the sheriff's office is the only agency in Whatcom County, law enforcement agency in Whatcom County that actually has a behavioral health deputy program. Mm-hmm. We have two deputies. Um, one just retired, so we have a new one coming on board in January. But they respond to um, calls where somebody is in mental health or crisis, maybe associated with uh, addiction. But they work very closely with the uh, community-based service providers Mm -hmm. to try and get the right resources and get them the help that they need. So that's a program that I instituted and I worked on and put in place starting in 2018. I think we brought it online in 2019. So I know um, one of the other agencies had that program for a short period of time and and they currently don't have it staffed. But um, again, Whatcom County Sheriff's Office is the only organization, law enforcement organization that has a program like that right now. But all law enforcement is working in conjunction with our service providers. We've got LEAD, which is Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion. We've got the GRACE program. Uh, We're currently working with the health department on a co-responder program where a behavioral health specialist rides with a deputy and responds in tandem to provide services where people are as opposed to try and get them to go with us to Bellingham. Okay, so... um other than the jail, because everybody knows about the jail, okay? And, folks, I know it's going to hurt. And hopefully if we have good leadership that isn't spending, finding other monies that they want to spend, you know, right now, you can find it in your hearts to approve that jail. It's needed uh, because there's no consequence. There's no ability to, to enforce consequences if there's no place to take it. Unless you want to have just a big old bus and load them all on the bus and ship them to some other county line. Um, because otherwise, and, and then make sure that they put up a fence so that they can't come back. I don't know. Um, in listening to that, you, you heard the, the, the audio that I played of last Monday's. And for those of you who don't know it, there is a letter that she actually submitted because she didn't have enough time to say everything she wanted to say. And within there, she did say, this is not a Bellingham Police Department or a Whatcom County Sheriff's Department failure. This is a failure of our leadership in the city of Bellingham, the mayor, the city council, and, you know, the county executive. Uh, They all should be working together. But, of course, there's those of us out there who think, okay, fine, you're going to go in and clean out this encampment. But you're just going to scatter them to the winds, to the you know, and so that it becomes somebody else's problem. Talk about that issue. How should how should they be looking at an issue like that? So again, it's a that's a complex problem, and a lot of the homeless being homeless isn't a crime. Mm-hmm. There is a small percentage of those people that are committing crimes, and it's their behavior, their actions are criminal in nature. Uh, they're the assaults, they're the rapes. She talked about um, are. The sheriff's office went into that encampment a couple weeks ago and made an arrest and served a search warrant on a compound that had been erected, and they were selling large amounts of fentanyl and other drugs out of there. So, again, we went in to hold the person accountable for profiting other off of other people's addiction accountable. Um, we arrested. We took a bunch of guns that were there, and I know the um, Shelly there alluded to the gunfire and things like that. So we did take... Um, some weapons out of that camp, and we also um, arrested the main suspect and took seven kilos of fentanyl. Um, the DEA says that's enough fentanyl to uh, kill everybody in Bellingham, the population, if, mm-hmm. if everybody was exposed to that much. So it was a significant arrest, but uh, it, it's it's a very complex problem. So it, it's going to take the leadership of the city, as, as you talked about, to not only – figure out a plan to clean that up and protect the people that live adjacent to that homeless camp. But we have to find a place for those folks to go mm-hmm. and they need, they need somewhere to go and they need to get the help that they need um, before they come up with a plan. So that has to be part of the plan. Cause like you said, yeah. if not, There's gonna they're be some just going to shelter th- or some type of services to get deal with whatever it is that they are unable to deal with or have not dealt with in order to be able to, become productive members of society again. If possible, if mental health is what they need, then right. there has to be some type of a treatment plan in place. Correct. I mean, it's, 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 it is complex. Right. But it's become complex 
my personal opinion, of course, I'm always using my personal opinion here, it's become complex because we have, we basically, we took one flu over the cuckoo's nest and applied it blanket across all mental health facilities, and we now just seem to um, ignore and just put them on the streets and say, well, you know, it's somebody else's problem now. Right. There's certainly, um, and we find this in law enforcement, we try and divert and provide you know, at least a referral or something for as many people as we can. But the reality is there's not enough services in this county to meet the need and the capacity we have. So that has to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. And again, if, if there's no place for them to go and there's not help for them, they're just going to move to another property and there's going to be another Shelly that's calling and um, concerned about her safety and the safety of her family and, and her neighbors. So, okay, we're going to move on to another issue. And I, and like I said, I know that the jail is like the top issue for the Whatcom County Sheriff's Department. I get that. Um, but what are of the, the impl things that you have seen implemented over the past 20 years that you've been there? Um, what, what are the most positive changes that you've seen? And, and then also I want to talk about uh, staffing issues and all of those kinds of things. Sure. I would say, and in, in I, I was a firearms instructor I've been a trainer in multiple. I've been a trainer in fair and partial, fair and impartial policing, school safety, active shooter. So we've done a, a tremendous job to enhance our training program so that our deputies have the equipment and the training that they need to do their job safely and effectively. Uh, I worked with our staff to implement a body worn camera program, and again, that um, from a public perspective, that's that transparency and that account accountability piece that they wanted. Um, which I fully supported because I knew it was going to show the good work that our deputies do every day, and that's exactly what's happened. And it also helps you to weed out the bad ones. It does. When there's a complaint, it? we're yeah. able to pull up a video and say that one that didn't happen, and if it did, we're going to hold that deputy accountable. But that is a very rare occurrence. Uh, we have some of the finest law enforcement officers in in Whatcom County, and quite frankly, the state of Washington. They are uh, they are dedicated and they are professional, and they do a fabulous job every day. Now, I've, I've interviewed um, Sheriff Elfo a number of times, and in the beginning, it was always like, "This is, you know, this is this is the easiest uh, law enforcement agency to to keep staff because you know we get 200 applications, and and it's you know, and so we're able to really pick out great qualified candidates. That hasn't been the case. Um, has that changed? Have, are you getting? better, uh, more applicants in order to keep staffing? Are you, are you staffed up or you still have, uh, need to do more hiring? Not that you, not the ones that maybe you need the money to do more hiring, but do you have open slots that you haven't been able to fill? Sure. Actually we're doing, um, we're probably unique for a lot of law enforcement agencies. We're not having a challenge attracting and hiring good quality candidates. And a lot of them are here local. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they grew up here kind of like myself, they grew up here, they stayed here and they want to serve the community that, um, you know, gave them opportunities along the way. So we, we, um, as far as our, our hiring goes, we do a lot of, um, I, I basically had our chiefs had to, had to look into it cause we don't just hire law enforcement. We have corrections deputies and we have, we have a, a need for corrections deputies. So if there's anyone listening uh, and you're interested in a job in corrections, please come see us. But um, as, as far as the law enforcement hiring goes, we are we are getting more applicants than we have positions for. Okay, so when you say corrections, is that inside the jail? Is that what you're talking about? That is inside the jail. So uh, it is a, a difficult environment. It's, it's not a good facility. As mm -hmm. you're well aware, it needs to be replaced. It's unsafe and mm -hmm. quite frankly, inhumane. And, and we need to fix that. And hopefully this November, we have some resolution and a plan moving forward. But uh, we need quality corrections deputies, but we are not having an issue attracting candidates. And I think a lot of that goes to the leadership that we have at the sheriff's office and the culture. Okay. People want to work for the organization and they're not just coming locally. They're coming from Arizona. They're coming from Nevada. So, um, and the county council just approved 10 new deputies. Good. That's never happened in my 29 year career. Excellent. So we got five yeah. this year and five next year. So, cause if people actually understood how few there are out there, you know, for an entire 
county that's grown so exponentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a couple of quick questions, and then we're gonna we're gonna end on probably talking about the jail. Okay. Um, caller wants to know what's your thoughts on the Second Amendment. I am a proponent of the Second Amendment. I have no issue with law-abiding citizens um, being armed. Mm-hmm. Um, my only thing is if, if, if you're going to choose to arm yourself, you need to be prepared and you need to train and you need to understand how it functions and the responsibility that comes along with that. So We need I, more education on how to yeah. properly be armed, okay? I, I agree. You, you need to understand the law. Mm-hmm. You need to understand when you can and can't use forced to defend mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and you have to be proficient. So um, that all guns comes along with being a responsible gun owner. So I have no issue with uh, law abiding responsible gun ownership. Um, let's say the city decides to pass some law against, you know, gun ownership. Is that something that you would ever be? Would, would you support that or would you say you're on your own? Cause that's against the constitution. I would certainly advocate for, and, and I think we've seen that in some other states recently. Um, I know um, New Mexico, Albuquerque specifically, and um, the governor there passed a, uh, you know, an, an order basically outlying guns. But I, I certainly um, would would advocate for um, gun ownership. And at the end of the day, the sheriff doesn't decide what's constitutional. No, judges you, do you follow the constitution absolutely okay um we're, we're kind of wrapping up here quick comment about the jail we absolutely need a new jail we need to uh we need a appropriately sized safe and humane jail so that it's safe for offenders our correction staff and addresses public safety and keeps the community at large safe as well all right thank you very much under sheriff i appreciate it good luck on your campaign and everybody vote 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 not more than once, only one time, but get out there and vote because your vote is the most peaceful way to have the, the, to have the community that we all love, cherish. This is Saturday Morning Live, signing off.